are going to join together once again and read our scripture as a group. You are going to know this scripture through and through by the time we're finished preaching on it. And so please join me and let's read together Psalm 23. And I'm going to read up here because my version is different than this one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, you are the great shepherd who guides us and walks with us. And I pray, Lord, that you would be with us today. That you would be with us. That you would commune with us. I pray, God, that as we look at this familiar passage, you would draw us close. Give us a new way, Lord, to see you. Maybe a new understanding of who it is that you long to be in our lives. Give us ears to hear the message that your spirit would speak to us this day, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I was in seminary, one of my professors told a story about a friend of his who was a Christian speaker. And he would travel all around, I believe, the world on, Christ, uh, on speaking engagements. And one day while he was away, there was a fire in his house and his wife died in the fire and his daughter was badly burned. And this man who was so close with God, who was spending his life serving God in a moment, was thrust right into the middle of the worst situation of his life the deepest, darkest valley of his life. And as a result, this man began to question the goodness of this God that he was serving for all of these years, and he stopped preaching altogether. But my professor told us that one day, this sad preacher was walking down the street in his hometown, and he came upon a construction site. There was a church that was badly um, damaged and it was in need of help and so the construction crew was working on this church and there was a man down on the uh, sidewalk who had kind of a triangular piece of gray stone and he was kind of chipping at it and carving it a little bit and this intrigued that preacher and so he said to the guy well what is it that you're doing there and the carver said you see that opening up there in the steeple it's my job to fill it. So I'm carving this stone down here so it will fit up there. And just then, it hit that preacher. This dark valley, this difficult and seemingly impossible time that I'm going through, what if God is using it to shape me down here? 
so that maybe I'll fit right up there. Over the last few weeks, we have been looking verse by verse at the 23rd Psalm. And we're doing it because it's quite possible that this psalm has become so familiar to us that we fail to see the immense beauty of what these words can mean in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever been to a funeral where I haven't heard the 23rd Psalm. Anybody ever? No, I think they're always. But um, that makes me wonder because this is not a psalm about death. Though we hear it when, we're, um, when we come together in death, it's not a song about death. It's a song about life. It's a song about the seasons of life and about the goodness of God throughout all of those seasons. This psalm is about the joy and, yes, also the pain that we all experience as we progress through those seasons of life. And it offers us some comfort that we aren't just going through these things all by ourselves, but there is one who goes with us. And I think the reason why we hear it at funerals is because of the verse that we're studying today. And so our, our scripture here on the board is kind of a good example of that. Some translations, not all of them, say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I think what happens is that we hear the word death and then we read it when we're talking about death. But you know me and I'm the preacher who tells you that in order to understand a piece of scripture, you need to do two very important things. You need to consider the original language in which it was written and you need to consider the context in which it was written. And so we're going to take just a minute to do that. This is my last opportunity to to do this with you with a scripture language this psalm was written in hebrew and the hebrew words that david used yalach ge samaveth yalach means to move through ge means a valley or a steep narrow gorge and samaveth means distress or extreme danger so yalach ge samaveth most accurately translates to move through a valley of extreme danger. That's what the psalm says to us. It doesn't really say anything about death or dying, um, but some of the danger that we pass through does in fact include death and dying. Um, but it also includes other things that are very difficult for us to handle as well. There are valleys of depression. There are valleys of financial hardship. There are valleys of grief and valleys of sickness and valleys of loneliness. There are all sorts of difficult circumstances, difficult valleys that we go through. And so now I want to consider the context. David was a shepherd. We've been talking about this for weeks. David was a shepherd. And as a shepherd, David knew what shepherds had to do in order to tend and care for their sheep in the land in which David lived. Remember, shepherds, their job was to lead, feed, and meet the needs of their flock. Now, when you and I think about pastures for sheep, in our minds, we see this. Matt, if you could show us. This is what I think about when I think about sheep in a pasture, sprawling fields of endless green food. But this is a pasture in Iowa, friends. It is not what a pasture in Israel looked like. Matt, if you could change that, this is what a pasture 
in Israel looked like. See, there was a hot, hot sun. And there were rainy seasons and there were dry seasons. And the grass would grow on the mountaintops, making great food for the sheep during the rainy season. But sheep, they eat and they eat and they eat and they eat. And they don't know when to stop. And so the hot sun coupled with the dry season and the sparsity of the grass after it's been eaten by the sheep caused it to be parched. And in the dry season, there was scarcity of grass for the sheep to eat. And so the shepherd would need to move his flock during the dry season to where the food and the water was. And where was that? It was in the valley. In the low ground, the water would gather and there would be some grass there even during the dry season. So that's where the shepherds led their sheep in order to give them what they needed. They went down into the valleys because there was something in the valley that the sheep needed. Keep that in mind, okay? Now, because of the way the mountains were situated, the sun would only hit the valleys for a short time each day when it was high noon and it was directly over the valley. And other than that, it was very shadowy. It was in the shadow of the mountains. It was also difficult terrain for the sheep to navigate. It was steep and it was rocky. And let's not forget that wolves and bears and lions, they needed grass and water too. And so guess where they were? They were down in the valley. Only valley is narrow and there's not as much room to run away when something comes after you. And so you can imagine that that was a very scary place for the sheep to go. That's the context, okay? So we see that David isn't really talking about death in this psalm. He's talking about the seasons of shepherding. During the rainy season, where the shepherds would lead the sheep to the mountaintops and the still waters, that's when we hear David say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And during that season, in that place, he could easily go and get them and restore them when they wandered off. And that's when David writes, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He restores me. And then David's poem moves into the dry season where the shepherds had to go with their sheep to the most dangerous ground so they could have access to what they needed, right? So they went down in the valley and there is the context for our scripture today. Even though I walk through the dark valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I just want to point out very quickly that in the beginning, David speaks of the Lord and he refers to him as he. He guides me. He makes me to lie down. He restores my soul. But in the scariest time of life, David knows that the Lord is right there with him. And he doesn't call him he, he calls him you. For you are with me. And you cannot speak to someone like that unless they are with you. Now, David is using these words as a metaphor, and he's liking them to the seasons of his life because there were good times and there were bad times. There were comfortable times and there were scary times. There were easy times and there were difficult times. And we can read in the scriptures how David progressed through each and every kind of time during his mention in the scriptures. And the Lord, he said, was his shepherd through it all, leading guiding, protecting him through every bit of it. And David today invites you and me into that story as well. 
because each and every one of us will inevitably experience good times and bad times. We're going to experience comfortable times and scary times, easy times and difficult times. And David wants us to be reminded that through it all, the Lord is our shepherd, leading, guiding, protecting us, going with us. And in this psalm, and in David's life as well, he goes from green pastures to the dark valley, lickety-split, doesn't he? In verse 3, it's all warm and fuzzy, and there's David just lying down by the grass in the cool water, and his soul is being restored, and he's being kept safe. And then, bam, in verse 4, all of a sudden, he's down in the valley. That's how it was in David's life as well. One day, he was in the field, and the next day, he was standing in front of a giant who wanted to kill him. One day he was being told that he would be the king of Israel. And the next day Saul wanted him dead. Later one day he was in the palace and the next day he was in the wilderness fighting for his life. David knew what it meant to be moved from the easy times to the difficult times in the blink of an eye. And I wonder, how about you? How about you? How many of you have found yourselves on a mountaintop one day and in the valley low the very next and wondered, what just happened here? I have. I have experienced that. And do you know what that does to us, friends? Sometimes it causes us to question the goodness of our God, the goodness of our shepherd. When things are going good, we know God is good, right? He's given us blessings, and blessings are indicative of good, and they're evidence that God is good. But how many of us have heard ourselves saying, come on, God, if you're good, why can't I get pregnant? God, if you're good, why am I watching my parents suffer? Why, if you are a good God, did you allow my friend to betray me like that or my marriage to fail? Why did I lose this job that I need so badly? If you're good, God, then why am I going through this sickness? Why am I watching my kids stumble? And why is there evil in the world? And why are kids starving? These are the questions that we ask God when we see what happens in the valleys of life. There are so many questions that we ask when things are going wrong. And to be honest with you, I don't have any answers to give you today other than God is good. God is good and our bodies are broken and our world is broken. But God has promised you that he will work all things, all things, even the valleys, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I've seen him do it in my own life and in the lives of people I love. And that's why Romans 8, 28 is my life verse. But I wonder how many of you have seen God... Take the darkest times of your life, the deepest, hardest valleys of your life, and bring out of them some of the most wonderful and beautiful things. How many would say, like, I would totally never choose to go through that again, but what God did as a result of that valley in my life was wonderful and miraculous and beautiful? Because I've had that experience recently, very recently, in fact. 
And sometimes, though, when we're in the valley, we lose sight of how good and how resourceful our God is because we're too much focusing on what's not good in our lives. And I tell you, friends, that's when we need to have faith that our shepherd is, in fact, good. Our God is good. And that maybe just through those difficulties, we are being shaped and we're being made better, and we're being more useful. But friends, trusting God and walking with our good shepherd means that as the seasons of our lives change, our faith remains steadfast. To truly walk with the shepherd means that as the seasons change, our faith remains. And for David, that meant that God isn't just my God when I'm being anointed king or when I'm slaying the giant. He's not just my God when I'm eating good food in the palace and I'm protected and provided for. He's also my God in the desert when I'm having javelins thrown at me or when my sons want me dead. In every season, God is my God and my God is good. And that's how I long for it to be in our lives as well. God isn't just my God when things are going great for me, but when they aren't going great as well. So you and I either trust God in the good seasons and in the bad, or we shouldn't trust him at all. Walking with God, walking with the good shepherd, means that as the seasons change, our faith still remains. And when the times are bad, there's always going to be something that our God will work for good as a result of them. Now remember the sheep, they were led into the valley because in the dry season, that's the only place where they could find what it is that they needed. And sometimes it's only in the midst of our difficult valleys that you and I can find what it is that we need to. In every season, may our faith remain. This psalm, this verse, this passage specifically reminds us to have that kind of enduring faith and trust in the Lord. And it does it by reminding us of four things. So if you could change that for me, Matt. The first thing that it reminds us is that pain is probable. Even though I go through the darkest valley, is what David said. Now, I would even, disclaimer here, go so far as to say that pain isn't just probable, but it's inevitable. But you know me, and I like to alliterate my sermon points, and I couldn't find a synonym for inevitable that began with P, and so this is what we got to work with, okay? So pain is probable slash inevitable. David is saying, if I go through a dark valley, I'm sorry, David isn't saying if I go through a dark valley. He's saying even though, even though. There is a certainty in David's statement that he knows that dark valleys are coming because life isn't just all pastures and quiet streams. Difficulty is a very real part of our world. And guess what? It's a very necessary part of our world. But it's an okay part of our world as well. As much as we hate to go through the difficulties of life, there is stuff in there that we need. Difficulties strengthen us. They prepare us. The valleys equip us and they teach us and they shape us. 
Now in Deuteronomy 11.11, God said this to his people. He said, the promised land that you are about to enter is a land of hills and valleys. What does that mean? It means that God's got plans for both the easy and the difficult times of your lives. They both shape you in some way or another. And it's okay, remember, because it's God's promise that he will be with you and that he will work it all for good. I want to point out, too, that David also says he walks through the valley, which means that he goes into the difficult valley, but he doesn't stay there. He comes out on the other side. He doesn't say, I walk into the valley. He says, I walk through the valley. And that is reassuring to know because the valley is inevitable, but it's a temporary place. It's not a place where you and I are intended to stay. I know so many people who, in the midst of their difficult times, lose their faith in the goodness of God. They just want to drop anchor and give up right there and forget it. I'm not going through. You know, I took my grandson, Mark. He just turned four years old. I took him to the um, boardwalk. And uh, of course, I forgot to bring a stroller. So he had to walk the length of the boardwalk with me. And there was a point at which he just didn't want to walk anymore. So you know what he did? He sat. He sat right there. And there I was trying to drag him to the end of the boardwalk where the ice cream shop was. Okay, how many of us do that? When times seem like they're going to swallow us up, how many we just say, all right, that's it. God must not be good. I'm done with him. I'm not walking with him anymore. Have you ever done that? It's so easy and it's so tempting to do it. But friends, that is the worst thing that you and I can do in the midst of our difficulties. Because when we give up on the God who cares for us, there's no getting out of that valley. We will be stuck in the valley. Please do not lose faith and give up on the goodness of your God who can work your valley for good. Don't let the way you feel when times get tough dictate the faith you have in the God who has always cared for you. When the seasons change, let your faith remain. All throughout the scriptures, friends, we see people of God enduring difficult, often seemingly insurmountable circumstances which prepared them for what lie ahead of them. David, Moses, even our Lord Jesus was prepared for the work ahead of them through difficulties. And we see that God was with each one of them and through it all ultimately worked it for good. Psalm 34, 18 reminds us that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and the crushed in spirit he saves. God is near. He is with us when we're in our dark valley, which brings me to my next point. If you would change that, Matt. His presence is promised. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. For you are with me. When the sheep needed to go into the valley to get the food that they needed to survive, the shepherd didn't just shoo them down the hill and, and leave them on their own and stay up where it was safe. No, the shepherd went into the valley with the flock and he stayed close so that they could see him and that they could hear his voice and they could know that he was with them and that he would keep them safe. When I was a kid... I suffered from something called galliophobia. Anybody know what galliophobia is? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's real. 
it's a thing and it's real and it's pretty common and it's definitely crippling and here's what it is galeophobia is the irrational fear that there's a shark in your swimming pool it's a thing and i blame the movie jaws when i was about nine years old my mom and i think my grandmother took me to see the movie jaws on garrett road in the movie theater and I was never the same since. And we had a pool in our backyard. And as long as somebody was in the pool with me, I was all good. But when everyone else got out and I was alone and I saw that shadow like on the other side of the pool, on the far side of the pool where the sun wasn't shining, um, I would become gripped with fear. Like my heart would start to pound and I would shake. I was scared to death. And I know it sounds insane. But for me, it was real. But then my dad would come home from work and he would get in to vacuum the pool, you know, with, with the vacuum thing. And he was in there with me. And when my dad was in there with me, suddenly I was okay. And I wasn't afraid. And I could be calm. And I could be safe because he was with me. Friends, when you're going through your dark valley and you are afraid, don't ever forget that your father is with you. He is with you in the sickness. He is with you in the grief. He is with you when you're gripped by anxiety. He is with you when you struggle with depression. He is with you through the financial hardship and he is with you through the breakup. Whatever it is that you are going through, God is still with you. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's his promise to you. And in Isaiah 41:10, he said this, fear not, why? For I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He is with you through it all. His presence is promised for you in the difficult valley. And next thing, if you could change that, his protection is provided. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In David's day, the shepherd had two tools that he would carry, the rod and the staff. And both of them would be of great comfort to the sheep. See, the rod, that was a tool that looked like a baseball bat, and it was hewn from the trunk of a tree. And it was heavy, and it was sturdy, and it was hard. And when a bear or a lion or a wolf would come for those sheep, that shepherd would use that rod to beat it back and keep his sheep safe. And the staff was a long pole with a crook on the end, one that would be used to guide the sheep and one that would be used to grab the sheep that got stuck in the thorns and pull him to safety. Sometimes the shepherd would use that staff to stroke the side of the sheep, kind of to pet them and give them comfort. The rod was used to confront, the staff was used to care. The rod provided protection, the staff communicated the shepherd's presence. The rod was tough, the staff was tender, and the rod and the staff were all that shepherd needed in order to keep his safe, his sheep safe. That and the courage to stay there and fight against the dangers that assailed his sheep. In John 10, 11, Jesus told us this, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. In that same passage, Jesus says the hired hand runs but I am the good shepherd and I stay and I lay down my life for my sheep. Friends, your shepherd has faced for you the greatest danger that has ever assailed you and is victorious. 
He didn't run when your enemy came after you. Rather, he stayed and he beat that enemy down. He fought and he won. And now you are safe. And your shepherd has the tools to bring you safely through whatever it is that comes against you in your dark valley. He is with you and he is for you and he is protecting you. And that's why, Matt, if you would change that, peace is possible. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, this is not fit right. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I will fear no evil. I will not fear. And that's what it means to have peace. Friends, true to God's word, in this land that you and I are passing through, there will be hills and there will be valleys. But the same God who was with you on the mountaintops is the same God who will be with you in the valley. And he has promised to be your provider, to be your protector, to be the one in whose presence you can take comfort. You do not need to fear. You don't have to be afraid. You can have peace. Church family, as the seasons of your life change, may your faith in your good shepherd remain. May you remember the goodness of your God when you're resting in the fields. And may you never forget that he is good even when you're in the dark valley. And may you remember that you may just be being shaped down here so you can fit better up there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I praise you that you are the shepherd who goes with us, that you are the father who is in the pool with us so that nothing can come against us. And when it does, I praise you that you've got the tools necessary to beat it down and keep us safe. I pray that even as we're in the difficulties of the valley, you help us to remain steadfast and faithful in you. I pray that you carry us through and that you do fulfill your promise of bringing good. Make us stronger. Shape us better. We love you, God. We trust you to walk with us through the dark valleys. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.